Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody, hi! Before we get started today, we have just a few things to tell you about. Yes, we want to remind you this is our last episode in the month of October, going out with a bang for uh, (laughs) October here. And uh, with that said, you know that we are selling lyric sheets, handwritten lyric sheets. We typically are doing five per month, a limit of five per month, and that five hundred dollars worth of proceeds—they cost a hundred bucks a pop—goes to a specific organization. Well, we're selling ten this month, and the reason for that is because October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And with the inclusion of Beauty and the Beasts and our discussion around domestic violence, we thought it would be incredible to donate $500 to the NW network of bi, trans, lesbian, and gay survivors of abuse in Seattle. However, then we saw devastation happen in Puerto Rico. And so we've added an additional five. We still have a few left, and this is our last chance to tell you about them. They will be up through the end of October. The proceeds will be split between the NW Network and Hispanic Federation, which is doing incredible, incredible work on the ground in Puerto Rico. And we know that they need all the help that they can get over there. So go on over to bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on shop and you'll see the lyric sheets there. We will handwrite the lyrics to any of our buffering songs or a segment if you just want a piece of them you can let us know all of that and more over on the website and thank you so much for your support and hey if you're in the bay area i your friend jenny owen youngs will be performing musical songs that i have composed about my feelings at a concert in your area at the swedish american hall opening up for dan wilson on saturday october 21st that's this Saturday, come hang out with me at Swedish American Hall. You can find ticket links and show info at JennyOwenYoungs.com. It's true. Oh, my gosh. Sam just came over and curled up right next to me. So I'm having a great time. The other thing that I want to tell you all about is our Patreon page. So many of you know about it. So many of you are part of the secret Facebook group and get the advanced MP3s of the songs and all that good stuff. We just wanted to thank you all so much for the support that you've given to us. When you get to the end of this episode, you're going to hear a song. We're pretty excited about this song. That song was made using a new piece of equipment that your support helped us to get. Your support is helping us make this podcast grow and grow and grow and grow. Hell, we have Christine Sutherland in this episode. I mean, that didn't really come from funding, but it came from belief in us and support in us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you don't know about our Patreon page, you can find that also on our website. Just click on the Patreon link and you'll find out all the really fun perks that you can get, as well as all of the amazing things that you're supporting when you pledge. Just a heads up, we'll be back on November 1st with our live episode from Nerd Melt in which we discuss revelations. If you'd like to look at our full calendar so you can keep up on your viewing and know when we're airing which episodes, you can see that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on calendar. And gosh, I think that's enough talking. Let's get to the other talking. Buffering the Vampire Slayer, 
a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. I am Jenny Owen Young. And I am Kristen Russo. And this week, we are discussing the episode you've all been waiting for, season three, episode six, Band Candy. Who's in the room with us? It's Kate Leth. Kate Leth is here. Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I return. Kate is here. Hi. Oh, Thank God you're back. Just in time. Before we just lose our minds about this episode, mm. let's let's continue our script. <clears throat> Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Band Candy was written by the delicate pen of Jane Espenson and directed by Michael Lang, and it originally aired on November 10th, 1998. Wow, we're getting kind of close in our month and month. Oh, yeah, here. we're kind of lining we're up. We're mid-October, mid-November. Yeah, catching up on them. Uh, IMDb tells us that this is the one where adults throughout Sunnydale behave like immature teenagers after they eat cursed candy. This is also the one where Joyce and Giles have sex. Wow. <laughs> wow. We don't know that. They, we just... I... Their eyes yeah, they said, sex. listen, Things. I know. You yes, know, Kate, Kate knows. definitely knows. <laughs> I know. Let's talk uh, about the process of watching this episode with Kate Leth. Please. And then having <laughs> to take out the garden hose and put her on the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be so great if she wasn't also into that. Right. <laughs> I know. It was like nothing we did could calm Kate down. <laughs> People say that about me all the time. Right. <laughs> You've been really waiting for this episode, Kate. I've been so excited, and I, I reserved this so wholeheartedly yes. and so enthusiastically when you're like, what do you want in season three? And I was like, okay, here are my options, but <laughs> band candy, because it left such a deep impression on me as a youth and yeah. as an adult, and it is in my top five episodes of this entire show, for sure. I get it. Yeah. It's such a good episode. It's so good. Shall we just dive into the beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So we're talking about SATs. You know when you're at the cemetery prepping for SATs? No, I, I prepped in a lot of places for the SATs, and the cemetery wasn't one of them. This was uh, definitely a thing that was foreign to me as yeah. a youth, because Canada does not have SATs. The only reason you would take them is if you're planning to go to an American school. Wow. So I, we did not have SATs. We just had final exams in high school. Wow. Um, so you didn't understand what was what was happening? I had a vague notion of what SATs were just from like American pop culture and mm-hmm. I knew that there was a lot of like if then <laughs> questions <laughs> right, right. a lot of definitions yeah a lot of like playing the multiple choice game um I definitely was already accepted to art school when I did my final exams in high school and uh for my math exam wherein I passed with a 53 out of 100 <laughs> the barely <laughs> the passing? barely passing grade yes Canada is lenient at least my school was but I was already accepted to college so what could they do um for my final question which was supposed to be a very very elaborate uh, something involving parabolas or something Ooh. i'm sure um i drew a picture of me riding a shark all the way to art school <laughs> oh <laughs> my god so that's, yeah that's my closest experience to uh, to buffy i'll tell you what that's my favorite story i've ever heard about a parabola oh we're only getting started <laughs> <laughs> so we they're right they're prepping in the cemetery and then we go to the mayor mm. how do you 
do you feel yeah. about the mayor, Kate? You know, I came around to the mayor. Mm-hmm. He was not one of my favorite villains on the initial run, right. but I think he's definitely up there now. Yeah. I, I, I like him a lot. I think his sort of tidy uh, evil is, right? a very, is a very good brand. <laughs> his hand sanitizer brand of evil. It's so good. And I'm also a really big fan of Mr. Trick, who you will he will note is like one of the sole male inclusions in, in Fashion Watch because Mr. <gasps> Trick like looks pretty good. And yeah. I, his suits could be a little more tailored. He's definitely mm. a shorter guy who's wearing suits made for a taller guy. Mm. Or at least that's, you know, my novice um, interpretation. <laughs> Vera, I don't know if you can call yourself a novice at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I have learned so much about fashion working <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> but I, I love Mr. Trick and I love the mayor and their their duality is very good. Right. And that like their duality comes alive in this scene where, yes. you know, Trick is like, uh, I know a beast who knows a guy. Yeah. And the mayor's like, I, I guess we could subcontract out for this job. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, I see what's going down here. Yeah, he has he he has a really good thing in this episode where he wears I mean he's always wearing silk shirts or that sort of like shine like sateen cotton almost mm-hmm. look, you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like a little bit shiny. I don't know men's fabrics as well. My apologies. <laughs> but with that are always with like a matching slightly darker hued tie. Yeah. The, the black suit. So he has he has er, the, the early part of the episode he's got a green scheme going on and later it's like lavender and purple which is very good wow kate last i pay attention having you here for like the entirety of an episode i feel like we're gonna learn so many things about the <laughs> yeah. nuanced fashion this is also the first time we see inside of the mayor's cabinet yeah mm. not files there's no files in there it looks very similar to the background when you go through the forbidden journey ride at universal if you go on the harry potter ride once you get to the defense against the Dark Arts Classroom. It looks very similar to It is very like closet. the shrunken heads in jars so silly. vibe. Yeah. But it's the first time that we really, like, because we were talking about this when this happened, that we knew the mayor was up to something, but mm-hmm. we didn't really know the extent of his like trafficking in demons until that moment, until we see the cabinet, right? Yes. Also, I'm going to call bullshit because the man like cleans under his fingernails every time he washes right? his he hand, but he's going to put his scotch in the cabinet with all of the body parts and bones. Also, he just picks up that skull. Yeah. With his I hands. Mean, 100%. Seems not concerned. His, he definitely his next reach is probably for sanitize yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just, they cut the sanitizing. Right, right, there's right, a lot right. to include in this episode. Sure. There's so much going on. <laughs> so we go to the credits. We come back. We're in school. Can we talk about... First of all, there's a Go Sunnydale High Razorback banner. banner that's blue and white for some reason. Yeah. And then as they're coming down the stairs or walking past the stairway, there's a widespread panic poster. Really? Widespread panic for the uninitiated is a jam band that enjoyed their heyday in the late 90s. Huh. And this is not the first and probably won't be the last time we see a widespread. There's like widespread panic posters in Xander's room earlier in the series. There's widespread... Po- uh, panic posters at the bronze and now there's one inexplicably on an exterior wall of Sunnydale High School. So we've moved past lotion. Yeah. Is there like do you think the prop person was just dating people in the music scene and like it's very maybe. possible. There was also on in the last episode I forgot to mention it there was a sticker on a locker for a band called Wet Dream. Mm. Real which, band? A real band? Didn't do the research. You, you just brought no. that up. Just brought well, it into Yeah, the... I was going to Google wet dream, but yeah. then I decided fucking not to. 
Okay, wise choice. Yes. I actually had a comment about the music because the last episode that we watched, Homecoming, there was like a Lisa Loeb music cue. And mm. I feel like in the episodes, in the earlier episodes, you there were a lot of scoring. Like there was a lot of like strings and this and that. And this, this season- And bands is, at the bronze. And bands at the bronze. But this season, I feel like is placing music in ways that make me feel like I'm watching, I don't know- the 90s well, movie. Right. Well, this is 1998, mm-hmm. and Dawson's Creek is happening, mm. right? And Paula Cole is happening. And the, <laughs> Is she ever? The, <laughs> is she ever? The, like, kind of like, uh, th- there's a massive television licensing boom in the late 90s. Do you guys ever watch that Peter Gabriel tour where Paula Cole's on it? No. My parents were always playing that. It was like this recording of Peter Gabriel on tour and Paula Cole was subbing in for all of like the backing vocals. Oh my and god. And it is incredible. Oh my god. I just, I just want to tell you it's a very good experience. Amazing. Google he alert. Put on such a good he's, show. He's fucking incredible. I, know, I, love, I love him very, very, very Meh. much. So, who knew we were so going to talk? Who knew the conversation was going to go where it went? I love Peter Gabriel. There's yeah. a whole DVD of all his music videos that I used to watch and rent from the library when Hell. I was a teenager. Yes. Do you want to know who I used to listen good. to that my parents turned me on to? Please. Juice Newton. Juice Newton. Later lo- name check. Fucking loved Juice Newton as a child and like never heard of Juice Newton again until Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, when I'm going to expose out. myself here and say that I, I to this day don't know who Juice Newton Juice is. Juice Newton has like her, her one of her more famous songs is the one that's like playing with the queen of hearts oh yeah i know that i used to work in a candy store that exclusively played 80s serious fm radio so it was that (laughs) song and then like your own personal jesus are the only ones i remember (laughs) wow great great (laughs) yeah it was pretty good so anyhow back to school cordelia wants to talk about the sats And I think you'll remember, I brought this line up <laughs> where we got season one. I don't even remember it. I was like, I'm sorry. I have to mention this. I'm very respectful of spoilers. But this is one of my favorite lines in the whole series. When she says, I test well. Like, what? what is that? What? I can't have layers? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that? Is that? What? I, yeah. What? I can't have layers. It's great because uh, everyone's really worried about the SATs. Yeah. It's, it's very, very cute. Also, one of my favorite um, moments in this episode, or one of my favorite, one of my, f- the reasons that I come back to, yes, Oz was great, mm. because I love Redacted. Redacted. But I also love mm-hmm. Oz. Who's Redacted? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> See, I've been so good about this. Um, we'll have fun with bleeping at that part. <laughs> <laughs> Get into it. Um, but one of the reasons I love Oz so much is the scene when, uh, is it Buffy that says, isn't she Isn't she cute when she's proud? Just talking about Willow because Willow's bragging about Oz. And Oz says, she's always cute. Right? And it's so offhand, but it's so good. He's it's always such a, there. such a pure moment he like never says anything shitty no he's so good so i just want to like let everybody listening at home if anybody is still with us who has written us uh you know really intense emails about how xander is like this because he's a teenage boy i just want you to direct (laughs) your attention to the fact that oz is also a teenage boy and he's not an asshole right oz Oz is great (laughs) oz is great and he's very comfortable with who he is which is what sets him apart from xander you know i mean there are many things that set him apart from xander but that is a big one also want to draw attention to the fact that cordelia says that amazing line while wearing a schoolgirl uniform that Uh, she's absolutely not required to wear Buffy is wearing, and I, it is hard to tell with the definition on this uh, recording from the 90s, mm. but I'm pretty sure Buffy's skirt is snake skin or like faux snake skin. <laughs> wow. But, Imagine it was real <laughs> snake skin. <laughs> but it is so slit. Many snakes. It is slit up to 
just who knows like where her, yeah yeah to who is. knows where it is quite an outfit wow also mm-hmm. there's a shout out to the real world in this scene <laughs> yes. which is very oh, key yeah. because i i didn't look it up but real world is probably in its like third season at this point right it's very hip very mm. new very yeah very very now i love a 90s shout out in a 90s television show <laughs> and then um, of course, the real world actually started in 1992 what i thought it was four so then we get to the band candy the titular moment in the episode where we find out they have to sell candy for the band. Mm-hmm. And Joyce, okay, so like whatever, we find out they have to sell the candy. But my favorite part of this little transition is when we go to Joyce's house and Joyce is like chilling with some Chinese food. She's ordered in takeout because she's busy at the gallery. Mm-hmm. And Buffy convinces her to buy 20 of the 40 chocolate bars, which I feel like is a big, it's a big commitment for a mom. Important to point out here, and I, I wrote it down originally and then corrected myself. Joyce is not wearing a sweater set, but she is wearing a sweater tied around the shoulders. How is that thing staying on? I don't know. Is it pinned? <laughs> is it by sheer willpower? It's willpower. It's, it might just be one garment, the undershirt and oh. the... I mean, I, I don't know what like it is. Like a dickie? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like permanently attached. Right. It is pure Joyce and I love it. <laughs> not to be confused with pure joy, but the same thing. Oh, it's both. Yeah, it's pure both. Joyce. <laughs> Uh, so, and the other piece of this that's important is Buffy wants to drive. And yeah. Joyce doesn't want Buffy to drive. Right, which I get. Like, I... Now, Kate, you don't drive. I don't. I'm 29, <laughs> and I have never learned to drive. I live in Los Angeles, California. And let me tell you, it is... I have overcome my struggles. <laughs> I have an extremely active Lyft account. Yeah, one of the unicorns. You're one of the LA unicorns. I'm in so many ways. I, yeah, I, I never learned. I grew up in a really small town where we had very accessible transit. Um, and it's, you know, you could pretty much not walk 40 minutes in any direction without leaving the province. So I never I never learned. And then I moved here and I still haven't. And I'm going to eventually. But I, uh, yeah. Yeah, so we've yet to know. Like we, the jury is still out on what kind of beginner driver you will be i want to hope that i'm a little bit better than buffy you have a little bit more fear in your heart because you're 29 right and that like do you were were you a good driver when you were a teenager oh (laughs) i wasn't great right me either because i was distracted and i wasn't afraid of dying it's like why do we terrible combination it's a horrible age yeah i'm afraid of everything now yeah so i can only assume i would be very cautious if i can make the laws i would make us all wait until we were 29 to drive i wish that were true because i am tired of the uh disdainful looks that i get from executives (laughs) when i go to meetings and i show up in a lift and they're like oh did you did you need to get validated i'm like oh in different ways Yes, (laughs) actually. (laughs) So then it's time for training. In the library, another delightful installment of training. Giles is running out of ideas. He ties a blindfold around Buffy's eyeballs and is like, wait five seconds and then throw the ball where you think I am. And of course, (laughs) Buffy uh, faces opposite of Giles. puts her back to Giles, basically blindfolded. And he's like, ha ha. Oh, she's never going to hit me with the ball. And he's feeling very smug. And then she rebounds the ball off the wall and hits him in the head. Narrowly escaping another knockout, Giles. Uh, yes. Know, very close to another knockout. She probably didn't throw it at full strength. Speaking of training, someone else is training nearby in a mansion where, oops, he's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> oops, he's so sweaty. 
what's the what's the deal with vampires and sweat? Have we even talked? Have we addressed Ooh, this ever? No. Oh my god, I don't even know where to start with that one. Right? Do you think he just sprays himself down to like get? That I think human... Angel does exactly that. Right? He just it's... wants a good sheen. Yeah. Yes. Buffy comes over. Right? Oh my god. And he wanted to be Tai Chiing when Buffy came over. Yeah. No. The the very best. Well, no. This moment. This episode is like pure <laughs> good moments. But one of the best moments in this episode is when he's doing it slowly looks up and is like oh i didn't see you there (laughs) i'm so glad you said it kate because i wrote down in quotes oh i didn't see you there kate (laughs) (laughs) it's just so absurd he would have noticed he's a vampire extra senses but they're like really going hard on the fact that he is so focused on doing tai chi also buffy Oh I didn't know you could do that. Another one of the greatest lines in this like, episode. What? How does she know that it's Tai Chi? And if so, how, like this is 1998, everyone. So you couldn't YouTube a vi- like where right. did Angel learn? Where I mean, he's 200 and something years I guess old. He, I'm sure he stumbled onto some right. Tai Chi, and he was like, point. you know what I need right now, and he seems like the right decision for him. All things considered, but this whole... I think it would be a very good meme to have that one clip of Buffy in, in reverence saying, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> it, just in response to like very strange and mundane things. <laughs> so get on that because it would right. be very like good. Like opening a ginger ale. <laughs> opening a ginger ale. <laughs> calling or a someone lift. doing something really embarrassing. Like you take a clip of someone falling over or just, right. you know, whatever. It's like, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first, internet. (laughs) They're going to get right on that shit, you know? I hope tomorrow we wake up to 42 tweets. It's so good. And I just, I mean, you know, shout out to Jane Espenson, because I I mean, every time I come on here, I'm a couple of months further into my career of trying to write for television. And it's so funny that I've come to this incredible appreciation for really tight and concise writing. And this episode is such an incredible example of it. There are no wasted lines. Mm -hmm. There, There are very few wasted moments, save for kind of the ending is a little is right. a little whatever but it is just every like there are so many quotable lines in this episode and so many important lines that it is it is a masterpiece and Jane Espenson what's up yeah you're yeah. one nice of my work. heroes nice yeah. work lady <laughs> um so Tai Chi uh just to get back to it for one second Angel's doing it because he's been tortured for hundreds of years mm-hmm. and he's trying to you know get control of himself again and so I just want to say I don't know that it's working since he's trying to overcome hundreds of years of torture but the first thing he says when he sits down on the couches how is scott like, <laughs> like man if you can't even let go of this dude she's kind of dating probably you have to do a little bit more tai chi i just feel like probably he could be a little bit more centered he also like segues right from like she for whatever reason she says smell me mm. while she's like sort of standing with her bosom at the exact same <laughs> latitude as his face and like is very close to him and then looks awkward but like doesn't step back at all they just like stay close and weird and he just kind of looks hungry and yeah. then she steps away finally and then he's like so how is uh Scott I think it's one thing that even though some of this situation is kind of goofy this whole uh, we're trying to be friends thing it yeah. is one thing that you know as as more of an adult than I was when I originally watched the show that I've really come to appreciate as like they, they did do that pretty well like that idea mm-hmm. of trying to be friends with someone that you've had this really intense sexual relationship with and this really strong chemistry and trying to just be chill and like you you can't like you maybe 
after several years where right. you've had lived experiences. Mm-hmm. And this sort of is addressed again later in season four. We'll come back to that. It's fine. But <laughs> I, I really love it. And I was thinking about it when we were watching it now about how kind of well that's done even in between all the goofiness no totally i agree i agree i think it's the thing where like just when they get a little bit comfortable somebody does something that reminds them a match next to tinder constantly where it's like uh, we both know right this is a bad (laughs) idea but we're working so hard to convince ourselves that it's fine (sighs) and like who hasn't been there you know and you know who is about to get really intense (laughs) in the next scene i do actually my notes in all caps are mom and dad are in it together (laughs) wow things are about to get real fun real quick but before they do but this is a real moment Mm -hmm. and this is i mean you're right this episode is written brilliantly but there is something really awkward about like the very serious revelation that buffy has been lying buffy's not telling the truth giles and joyce are worried willow is whatever and they are just devouring yeah they're just like puff puff pass (laughs) puff puff pass it's so good joyce crumples up a chocolate bar puts it down on the table giles pulls one out of his blazer and hands (laughs) one to joyce (laughs) it's like let's keep this party going i have to say that like joyce and giles when they're turning on the chemistry it's Mm. working for me Kate, you mentioned um, before we started taping, I believe, that you had two sexual tension awards to give. You didn't clear that with us, but I would just like to tap in here and find out who who's it going to go to? Well, it's interesting because you have sexual tension and does it still count if it's consummated? Because oh. Joyce and Giles are incredible in this episode and this episode was very like... I was wet, like 13, and I was just like, hmm, some, something has been tickled in, in the deep recesses of, right. of my mind. Um, but we also have another character that's going to enter the scene mm. who has a great relationship with Giles. Oh. Who I would say, for me, is the closest parallel to Remus and Sirius from Harry Potter. Ooh. And I have a lot of feelings about wow. them as well. So, wow. They so are the competition. Is it on us to decide as we discuss who's going to win it? Or do you know in your heart who's I would like won? to come to a consensus as a group. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's get to that scene and then we'll just suss it out, yes, shall let's. we? So, okay, back to Joyce and Giles. Um, One thing I wanted to call out here is that Buffy has a line where she says they're both making her work 24 hours a day, which together makes 48 hours a day of work. And I believe (gasps) that is some hell math. Ah, yes. Thank you. Thank you for giving me my hell math jingle. It's not exactly like SAT hell math. Yeah, but but it's still hell math. 24 plus 24 equals 48. It's undeniable. You can't argue with that. (laughs) And before we go to the commercial break, we get the reveal that who is helping trick. Oh, my God. But one of Kate Left's favorite characters. I love him. He's so hot and evil. Ethan Rain. I love him. Do you think, does being evil make someone hotter to you? Yes. Or does... This Sorry, is, I know that question I was mean, for Kate. That was for Kate. <laughs> Listen, I can't say no. It depends on the kind of evil. That's like, true. There's actual genuine, like horrible, dark evil right. that like right, nah. right. But when it's like 
trickster evil. Yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. With definitely a bent of of sexual right. tension, right? Like, yeah, yeah. E- Ethan's an incredible villain, and all of his episodes are great. And he has he has such a likable fa- like yeah he's mm-hmm. not he's not just a bad guy. He and Giles. Yeah. Oh, so such many a complicated history. Oh I'm God. singing about it. I get, I get so <laughs> excited. Uh, uh, so before we get too deep into Ethan Rain. We go back to school. Yo, and, yes. Buffy and Cordelia digest this. Buffy and Cordelia are lab partners. Yeah, they are. They are digest lab partners. This, Jenny. <laughs> Cordelia re wears a shirt. <gasps> For right. what? She wears the same shirt, and I'm not exactly sure what episode it was, but I do remember pointing it out in Fashion Watch, where she wears a light green shirt that has yellow cuffs that are turned up. And yes, when she originally yes. wears it, it's buttoned all the way up. But in this one, she's she's wearing it a little bit differently and with a different skirt. It's like unbuttoned a little bit further, and her hair is different. But she rewears a shirt. Kate, she thought no one was going to notice. Oh, I did. She waited years. <laughs> she, she didn't even know. She that. didn't even have bangs anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Years from then, one girl in all the world (laughs) chosen to notice Cordelia outfit repeats 20 years later. Someone had to say it. So Giles is not showing up for study hall. And I had like I wrote down a note about this because they say this thing like the if the teacher's 10 minutes late, it means we can all leave. And this was like uh, an uh, an urban legend. Is that what you would call it? It was like a myth in my school, too. Oh, mine for sure. Right? Yeah. Like, where does it come from? I never heard such a thing. No. But also I might have just been um, willfully deaf to uh mm student sourced uh, opportunities to misbehave right 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 yeah you just wanted to always play by the rules mm, all yeah, the time I misbehaved fervently me too all I school. did we had a we had a limit each semester where you could have you could miss oh my god right uh, did I talk about this before where you no, could miss I 12 I think it was like 12 classes or 12 12 classes per semester, and I would always max out because I would get 48 between four classes. I would have the exact <laughs> limit Hell of how yes. many classes you could skip and still pass. Yes. I was a little jacket. I had the I had a limit on how many times you could sign in late. Mm. When I was a senior, you could sign yourself in late without a parent's note. What a horrible rule. Where mm. did that come from? And I would be right at the edge mm-hmm. all the time. I knew my limits and I would I definitely capitalize. used to sign fake names on the like when you would go in and out of school and you had to sign in to, to yeah. go back into school and I would sign fake names constantly. Wow. Yeah. Teaching at high school has to be a nightmare. I can't imagine how <laughs> awful it is. So then I scream in my notes, Ugh. no, sweet music. No, 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 no. Nice shoes. <laughs> yes. Agreed <laughs> on all points. Right. They are cute. But again, worst plot line in almost the entire show. I mean, this Please is one, stop. one of the worst. It's so bad and, and watching it happen and Knowing where it's going and just, it is like bugs under my skin. Yes. I hate it. I hate it. And like the last episode, like, okay, so obviously. I'm not being very specific about what's actually Willow happening. Willow and Xander yeah. are playing footsie in their Adidas shoes. And they should stop. And they, they need to stop. stop. And I'm upset. Like, I was upset in Homecoming when it when this first started happening last week. I was very frustrated, but I felt like there was a nostalgia to it. And I was like, I don't like it, but I kind of like got the conflict. And now they're just fucking sitting in science in Whatever the in fuck class, class in they're in, daylight. and they're touching feet right behind Cordelia. I hate it. I mean, it definitely feels like a thing 
stupid hormonal teenagers would do Ugh, so i can give it Willow. that but no i know it's t- it's terrible it's terrible it. it's terrible you can see that they're in physical pain yeah so you know. luckily miss barton comes along oh my god <laughs> bless miss barton by the way uh, let's the, be cool yeah yeah the chocolate is starting to take effect oh yeah and we learn that it's really taking effect when we go to Giles' house. Right. He didn't show up to cover study hall, and Buffy is like, what? <laughs> and so goes to his house to check on him, make sure he's not um, uh, murdered or right, 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 right. wounded or very ill. Brief stop along the road to point out that Buffy is wearing a baby blue backpack. Yes. A teeny tiny backpack. Had to make a note. Yes. She wears baby blue. <laughs> <laughs> so Giles and Joyce are like, oh, we're just coordinating your schedule, Buffy. And then Buffy leaves driving a car because Joyce doesn't give a fuck because Joyce is eating so much chocolate. And then we get the first of many beautiful scenes. <sighs> it is so good. <laughs> The second Buffy leaves, and Buffy is so excited to go on her new driving adventure, even though she doesn't have a license, it's right? absurdly irresponsible. Joyce pulls out a bottle of wine, does this amazing hand gesture where she's like, woof, she almost caught us. <laughs> Giles does this, like, turn over the shoulder in his suspenders, lights a cigarette. Lights oh a my cigarette. God. Which, by the way, like, obviously they had to put it as cigarettes because it was a television show. But, but it's definitely shorthand. For sure they're supposed to be smoking joints. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. They're, they're very They're high. smoking the cigarettes like joints. They're listening to records and lying on the floor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one, like... If so, I'm sure people have done that while smoking cigarettes, but they are a small minority. Yeah, no, no. Especially Most in the state of California. smoking special cigarettes, if you know what Jazz I mean. Jazz cigarettes. Uh, yeah. Jazz cigarettes. <laughs> Thank you. I knew there was something that you could modify cigarettes with. I'm here for you. Um, I just, Also, before we leave this beautiful moment, I just want to shout out to Giles' jam face when he like fucking, mm. he's oh like, my God. Get, I should get a band together. And then oh he does like a real Giles jam face. Slightly before that moment is one of my favorite lines in this episode. One of the ones that was the most tingling to me as oh yes yes um kate less kate less tingle watch <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot in this episode um but when joyce asks him if he knows seals and croft <laughs> and while smoking a cigarette lying on his back with his arms like behind his head he goes yeah they're okay <laughs> and i remember being a kid and being like oh, oh his disinterest All right <laughs> oh my god <laughs> plant the seed for a lot of problems in my future no it's very it's very good yeah it really is and it just keeps getting better it's like you think that that's the peak and then you keep watching this episode i love the fact that joyce isn't that cool right she's, joyce is definitely not cool enough to be with giles yeah but she might be like but she's like playing her sexy card yeah. you know to stick around with giles absolutely and it's working she yeah she As is, is that jacket? What would you call that? It's not a jacket. As like it's like a long thing. The first tier jacket or the second tier jacket? The first tier. The first thing. The it flowy is, one. Yeah, it's like it's like stretch knit, yeah. almost like crochet. I like, love it. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> and okay, so we go to the bronze. This is adult. <laughs> I called it adult night at the bronze. Right? Yeah. There's a great comment by Willow. Maybe there's a Billy Joel concert in town, <laughs> which I just feel like is the. That's exactly what. 
I would have said in 1998 to reference a bunch of adults doing things that I didn't understand. No offense to Billy Joel, whom I love. Bless Devin, front person of Dingo's Ate My Baby, mm-hmm. feeling appreciated for once, maybe the only time <laughs> in the whole series. He's delighted at yeah. the response they're getting from this new crowd. This scene reminds me so much of Hocus Pocus. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. You know when all the adults are stuck dancing? It's like that's what's happening Very here. similar vibes. Yeah. And we run in again to Miss Barton. Miss Barton having a blast. <laughs> oh, just man. Gonna, let's just play a little clip of Miss Barton in this scene. Are you okay, Miss Barton? Oh, I'm cool, Willow. Willow, that's a tree. <laughs> Your tree. Yeah, uh, uh, are there any nachos in here, little tree? Are you sure you don't need some fresh air, Miss Barton? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. And I love how she's clearly so stoned. So high on her cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> jazz cigarettes. So many cigarettes. At this jazz club. <laughs> so we do like a quick flash to the warehouse after we leave the bronze. And we get, I what I love about this scene is, so Trick is like, don't sample the product and snaps this guy's neck. And Ethan Rain, like I feel like in this moment, Ethan Rain is like, oh, I got it in a little bit over my head. Like, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. We've seen him like totally go ape shit on people. But he seems like very intimidated by the scope of the operation here in the warehouse. I love how grounded Ethan is for being such an evil scheming bastard. He's always just like, oh yeah, like kind of rolling with stuff. A little, I don't know, a little rattled, but he just, yeah, he just kind of goes with it. God, also we see Snyder. Just call me Snyder. Just the last name, like Barbarino. Who is Barbarino? I don't know. Barbarino, isn't Barbarino from like Welcome Back Cotter or like a show from the... We got to look it up. Yes, it's John Travolta. Wow. Welcome back, Connor. Wow. Everyone, I didn't think I was right. Jenny looked it up. So Snyder thinks he's as cool as young John Travolta. Right. And is about as far as one could get from being as cool as young John Travolta. I love seeing him be a dweeb. It's It's the best. He's unbelievable. I'm so pleased that I've said the word dweeb twice tonight. (laughs) But he is. And parabola. uh, Right? I'm just here to, you know, bring it up. Um, yeah, he is incredibly awful and it's really fun. And I feel like uh, he must have had a really good time acting this. Yes. I feel like right? all the grownups have had, the best time. Had yeah. the best time. I mean, so Snyder, when he gets in the car with them and she drives away and he has that line, oh, Summers, you drive like such a spaz. It's like, ridiculous. Oh, it's so good. So then we get this like cutaway, which I wanted to talk about because it's like we're doing a cutaway to like see how all of the adults are affected by the chocolate. And one of the things is that the mailman is reading all the mail and giggling. And the other thing is Frisbee, which I just... Yeah, what? (laughs) Ultimate Frisbee at night. Yeah. In the children's playground. It just doesn't seem like to fit with the theme of like badass teenagers. That one children's playground, they definitely milk for all its oh my gosh yes yeah that's drusilla i refer to that as drusilla's playground (laughs) also when we see the two guys drag racing i just want to say while eating chocolate while eating chocolate (laughs) and like competitively taking bites but kind of like suggestively taking bites and looking at each other while they're maybe they are a late uh a late comer to the sexual tension award i was gonna say possibly the dark horse (laughs) they can't compete but it's fun to see them try (laughs) i just want to know that they are at a red light and that's how ideally like we envision a drag race thing getting started between two dudes yeah. who like have to either that or with a lady holding a flag in between them. right mm-hmm. but they are on they are each on a side of a double yellow line <laughs> so i want to know 
how they wow, came to Jenny. rest like that. Wow. I did not notice that. And that feels either. like something I would notice. I'm very yeah. impressed. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Very impressed. <laughs> also, Snyder's face well, after the shirtless doctor and his cohorts sing an acapella version of Louie Louie on the stage of the bronze and two dudes like start pushing each other. When Snyder's, uh. Snyder's fucking face, when he's like, fight he looks like a cartoon his face like turns back and forth so fast and his eyes are all big and he's so jazzed it's great it is really great it's very good as a podcast network our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you but we also sell merch and organizing that was made both possible and easy with shopify Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but there's, can we? Please, 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 yes, let's, let's, Kate. Mm-hmm. Hey, where are we going? What's going to happen now? Well, we're just going to see the best thing in the world, aren't we? <laughs> oh, if I was going to do a fashion watch for this episode, it would just be about Joyce and Giles in this scene. I, I, all other fashion yes. leaves my mind. Yeah. It is as if it never happened <laughs> because of these two. Oh, 
And I can't, did we start with them walking on the one street of downtown Sunnydale? Yeah. Yeah. And she's already in that very cool, very cool knit jacket, crochet thing, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. She's got a choker. She's got a choker. She looks Her hair is looking unbelievable. Yeah. Her hair looks great. She's wearing like, yeah, this short skirt and like knee high boots. She looks hot. (laughs) I'm just like so into Joyce in this scene. Oh, agreed. I didn't know how to handle it when I was like 13 because Joyce was my mom. Like I was, you know, watching this and she was my TV mom. Oh, that's true. No. Oh, no. See, yeah, I never got to have the experience of watching it when like Joyce would only have been a mom to me, you know, like I was already an adult when I watched it for the first time. So I was just automatically like, I'm separate enough from from it now that I can be like, shit, Joyce. Yeah, looking good, Joyce. (laughs) Looking great, Giles, in that white We cannot forget Mm -mm. dear Giles, sweet Giles, precious, evil, sexy Giles. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even talk about him. <laughs> wow, like, like, both of them in this scene are just like I'm a bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> giant sparkly glittering letters. It's incredible. I like his look is so good. His shirt tied around his waist, very '90s cool. Yes. His, yes. his pack of cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. Yes, mm-hmm. very '50s, but we'll take it in the '90s. Sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely yeah, it definitely works. Oh, and they're incredible. Smashing the glass. You fancy that? Oh. The bad boy, oh come on! And then he steals a really terrible hat. Yeah, that's, hat. That's Luckily, where fashion goes. Kind of takes a hard turn. Luckily for all of us, he abandons it almost immediately yes. when he beats up a cop. Good for you, Josh. Oh, good thing he beats up that cop so that the cop car is free. And Joyce and Giles can make out on the hood of the car. But I mean, do they just make out? Do they? Where do you think think they 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 sleep together? Oh, I think they fuck in the cop car. On the car. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Kids, sorry. (laughs) She's wearing that coat. Yeah. That Juice Newton coat. That's true. That's true. With all of the feathers flying off of it. She looks like Fiona from Josie and the Pussycats. Wow. It's perfect. Wow. How could Giles resist? Yeah. How How could she resist? How could Giles resist? They are incredible. I like it's just she also says you're you are so cool. You're like Burt Reynolds. And then he does this thing where he like grabs her intensely. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. Kate, I am with you. If I had a jingle that was just the sound of me sweating, it would play right now. (laughs) I'm gonna work on that. Oh my god. All right. Well, you know. I feel like maybe to let Kate Leth take a cool down, we should go to a very, very important interview that we have done for this episode where we talk to Christine Sutherland, guys. We've never been more excited to talk to a human being. No offense, anyone in the room with me. None taken. Wow. Than we were to talk to Christine Sutherland. Well, Christine... Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time out to talk to us. We are, as you might imagine, very excited to be able to have you on our podcast. Oh, thank you. We'd love to start at the beginning. Tell us about your audition process. Tell us how you met Joyce. <laughs> the The audition page actually just said Buffy's mom. <laughs> how rude. Yeah. I was actually considering just stopping acting because I didn't like the audition process in L.A., And so I was contemplating writing my agent this letter, but it was really hard to write. So I I was just in this holding pattern. And then he said, (laughs) I've got an audition for you. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to go to this audition because I haven't told him I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, oh, what the hell? I'll just go. 
And then I went in and I only had like four lines. And I thought, gee, I don't know how they're going to tell with four lines. Were you reading at that point with Sarah or, you know, was was this just a, a cold read in a room? Were they testing for chemistry or just? No, no, Sarah wasn't there. I was just reading with a reader and Joss and a few other people were in the room. So I went home and then I was quite surprised when they called up and said, you're going to be Buffy's mom. So I patiently waited to find out what my name was going to be. <laughs> and when they said Joyce, I thought, Joyce? Well, that's such an old-fashioned name. Well, whatever. <laughs> you know, now I've been Joyce for a very long time. That's fascinating that that was on the cusp of you almost taking a step away to then land, to then be in these shoes uh, that would carry you for many, many years uh, <laughs> through the role of Joyce. So today we're talking about Band Candy, which is a fan favorite. It is such a beloved episode. It's just jam-packed with so many incredibly fun moments. And we want to start with a personal question about you, which is, is Teenage Joyce anything like Teenage Christine? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I was a very shy teenager with only a small group of friends, feeling incredibly awkward. I was incredibly awkward. I still had my glasses. I had braces. So this was really, really fun for me because I got to be the kind of teenager that I would be with the life experiences I have, my ability, you know, to get to do it again and enjoy it and have the confidence to be the person that I wish I could have been when I was a teenager. Oh, wow. So and, and it's a real you own, I was going to say you owned it very, very, very much so. Super convincing. <laughs> you know, it really felt that way. I, I didn't really do much preparation and it just kind of like it just happened. And and the costume was fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sort of told me what kind of teenager I was. Sometimes I think <laughs> costumes are amazing. You you put them on and, and you suddenly understand who you are. Mm. You know, so sometimes that whole creative team can give you sort of the insight that you need into who you are. I'm a big believer in sometimes a character starts with a pair of shoes and how they make you walk. Um, so, so that costume that they put me in just sort of said it all. And it was really liberating. It was very, very libera liberating because, you know, as adult and even I, as a teenager, I didn't act out. Um, and so it was so fun to get to just act out. That's probably what makes it so enjoyable to watch because you're not only, Joyce is not only having a blast, but you were having <laughs> And Armin, Armin was so funny. Oh, my God. You know? Yes. I mean, he was just so unbelievably nerdy. <laughs> yes. And he's a, he's a delightful person. I really enjoyed working with him. And, and we had a really good time on that episode, as well as with Anthony. I wonder, we, you know, one of our questions was about working with uh, Anthony and Armin on this episode. And we wonder, you know, if you have any stories in specific about that work with them or just want to talk to us about it, because it's just such a joy to watch. Oh, it was just it was just all so fun. You know, of course, the uh, the hood of the car. <laughs> <laughs> 
was was particularly fun. I, I had never had the opportunity to do something like that before. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, being in that sort of outdoor set on the, you know, sort of main street of this small town, I, I felt like it was my grease moment. Yes. Yeah, it, truly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The question I have pertaining to this is about fan fiction. Uh, we're wondering if you know about the fan fiction that exists between, uh, you know, that focuses on Joyce and Giles, and even some of it that, that focuses on Joyce and Pat, of course, the the beloved next door neighbor, your friend from book club, your friend, right? <laughs> um, and if you if you do know about this fan fiction that exists, what your thoughts are on that particular legacy? You know what? I didn't know that there was fan fiction. Amazing. And maybe and maybe best to Yeah, maybe best, maybe to, best, not best know. to not know. I mean, I do I do I have not read the fan fiction, mm -hmm. but I do know that during the course of even shooting it that there was this strange tension about would Giles and Joyce get together. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, because you're both functioning as parents of course, kind of. and we see yeah. that all the time. Yeah. And some people you know, on the set or people who were watching um, felt that it, it, it they wanted it to happen. I, I wouldn't say that they felt that it was inevitable, but they really wanted it to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, I, of course, was sure that it wouldn't because anything that Joss thought people wanted to happen didn't happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how he gets us. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Well, we know you have a really busy schedule, so we just have one more question. Okay. What is the one thing that no one has ever asked you about being on Buffy that you wish somebody would? <laughs> I don't know that this has ever come up, and I'm not sure this is the question um, that you're looking for, <laughs> but it's a really funny story because I was going to leave the business, just like wearing a... Uh, well, I, I won't say that because it's a spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but back before I auditioned for it, I decided that moving myself towards this choice because my daughter was really young um, and I was just sort of thinking, you know, I'll just be a stay-at-home mom while she's working because my husband had a really good job and that was certainly um, something that I could have easily done. So before I wrote the letter <laughs> that I never wrote... I cut my hair really short, but my headshot, my hair was long. So when we when we started shooting, so I had auditioned with long hair and then cut it off. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. And when I got to the set for the first thing, there's all these things of Joss, Joss talking to the hair department going, no, no, I, I, you've got her hair all wrong. And I knew that what he didn't realize was that I had cut it and that there was no way they could make my hair look like it had in my audition. Oh, my God. And, and I, I didn't like my hair short at all. So that whole, you know, first season, um, my hair was quite short. Mm -hmm. And then by the time we came back to shooting, you know, I had let it grow out. But I, I always thought that that was really funny that like a typical guy, it didn't occur to him that it had been, you know, drastically cut. Oh, my God. Did you ever have that conversation or is he just out there somewhere still not knowing why Joyce's hair was not the way he wanted in season yep, one? I've, I've kept it a secret all these years. <laughs> we 
here to break the story yes, wide yes. open. Breaking, I'm buffering the vampire slayer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, well, Christine, thank you so, so much. It's just been such a delight to talk to you um, and to have you as a part of the podcast. And I know that our listeners are good. We don't even know when we're going to tell them. It's just, <laughs> they're just going to be so excited. Uh, Joyce, Joyce is so dear to so many of our hearts in so many different ways. Uh, so thank you again for being a part of this with us. Oh, Bye. thank you guys so much for um, spending this time with me. Wow, that was a highlight of both of our lives. I will say that. And I do want to let you all know that we spoke with Christine for almost an entire hour, but a lot of our interview we're keeping for down the line. Hashtag spoiler alerts. I'm sorry for objectifying you, Joyce. I know, but you know, like, I'm sorry too, but also we're, we're people. We're human beings. <sighs> let's talk uh, more about her. Let's, yes. Shall we? So uh, Buffy walks in. Mm. First, sorry, should we, I just, you know, Buffy gets into a car accident. Oh, right. It's true. Just, sure, sure, sure. Minor... There's a demon who eats babies in a car accident. <laughs> Whatever. Nobody cares. But it is one of the drag racers, isn't it? I think Buffy. so. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. It's, it's a truck driver who was just trying to oh, open up his right. chocolate bar while driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. But they're like, and and you know the things that are happening before the car crashes. They're putting this, this together. It's like Buffy's like, wait a minute, nobody's in their houses. Wait a minute, something's going on. Wait a minute, it's the candy. The one suspension of disbelief in this episode, outside of the baby eating, really is that it takes them that long to figure out that it's the right? candy. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, literally. Yeah. The, one of the first scenes, they're like banned candy. I mean, come on. Like I've been watching Hannibal, and it's like one of those things where it's like no one ever stops and is just like. Oh, but his name's Hannibal. Maybe he's the guy. <laughs> it rhymes with cannibal. I, just, I never put that together, even though we all work for the FBI and we're all geniuses. Oh it's God. so funny. It's weird. It's it a would very be good too show, obvious. Though. Yeah. Just too the obvious. fashion in that show. Oh. Anyway. So Buffy suffers a fate uh, of seeing her mom and dad, for all <laughs> intents and purposes, yeah. making out hardcore. And when she calls them on it, the only response that she gets right away is Giles saying, go away we're busy right mom and dad are having special alone mom and dad time oh. right now and she recovers pretty fast like she's dealing with a lot in this moment i mean yeah. she's just been in a car accident also shout out to my home of the maritimes in canada when she says there's a dent in the car the size of new brunswick oh that was for you Kate. i wrote that down it was very special <laughs> to me but like yeah she she's been in a car accident giles and her mom are making out and she still pretty quickly is like Giles, do you want to fight me or do you want to let me talk to my mom? You know? It's also yeah. really great when she points out the dent in the car and, and Joyce says, what, like, what is it? When did I buy the geek, the geek machine? machine. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, Giles has a moment right before that where when Buffy says this to her, when, when Buffy says to Giles, like, do you want to fight me? Whatever. When he's like silenced and needs to like play cool. It's like, you know how when a cat is like falls off a thing but then pretends they were just going to be giving their foot. themselves right. right a bath. Giles has this moment with Buffy where he like goes to get a cigarette out of his ear like he was always going to get a cigarette out of his ear yeah, the whole yeah, time yeah. and it's just a real good look for him. It's very good. He definitely recovers that way a couple times. Also, Giles perhaps swung by Vamp Mansion to borrow Angel's eyeliner. Yes! He's wearing eyeliner. Yes. He is wearing Liner around his eyes. Yes. I know, Kate. I feel like you were just starting to calm down a little bit. Uh, I can't. I can't. 
I can't. Yeah, and with that mm, eyeliner, can't. I will tell you what, because um, somebody's about to enter the picture. We're about to get mm. a little meeting between two people whose names are Giles and Ethan Rain. My boys. Uh, your boys. They My are honeys. your boys. And wow. there's a look, like, there's a rivalry. Oh, yeah. But there's a look that Giles, like, nods at Ethan right oh, yeah. before the rivalry begins. Oh, yeah. And I'm wow. here for it. They were like bad punk dark magic boys yes. together and so giles that's what's confusing because i guess they they revert not to their teenage selves but to a version of, because like if they had reverted to their teenage selves then wouldn't giles be like oh my god ethan yeah it's definitely like echoes of it or or you know the, the right. way of seeing the world right. the way of interacting with the world but it's not like you you but i mean he does sort of later you know they've forgotten things it's it's Right, it's yeah. complicated. It works the way it needs to work. Yes, a little bit of metaphysics mm-hmm. here for the chocolate. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Giles has, I wrote nice move Giles, and I'm not sure why. He has se- several nice moves. I think he jumps over a like um, conveyor belt thing really nice. swiftly. Yeah, yeah, like just nice. very agile, very agiles, guys. Oh, no? okay. You can't see me at home, but my eyes are darting back and forth from Kate to Jenny for any form of approval. Did you need validation? I needed some. No approval. <laughs> it's perfect. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, they immediately confront Ethan. It's like as soon as they get in there. And it's very good. Buffy has a couple of really good lines uh, when she says, what did she say the thing about him being farm fresh chicken yes oh, yes when she when he's somehow, he's somehow in got inside of a crate like yeah. a sealed crate yeah and she like <laughs> senses him she's like beep 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 and puts her foot through the crate yeah uh-huh, she's got uh-huh, a nice uh-huh. quip yeah it's very good because almost immediately giles is buffy's cheerleader yes. into beating the crap out of ethan uh, he wants it so badly he's bouncing around behind oh my her. god hit, so him, hit him hit him hit him hit him hit him, hit him. Hit him. <laughs> It's and then so when she good. does hit him, he's like, yes! His yeah. victory jump. Yes! He's so excited. Uh, and so- then Buffy asks him, basically, what's going on? And her confrontation is, and believe me when I say, a wrong answer will cost you all your points. Uh, and Giles is so proud just, in that moment. Yeah, my slayer. My slayer. <laughs> She's my slayer. So this is kind of where we have to come to a decision, I think. I mean, we've seen Joyce and Giles. Yes. And you make a good point. Is it can it be counted as sexual tension if it is consummated? And especially if it's consummated on the hood of a police car. Mm. Guys, it's still tension. There's definitely still tension and I think when we come back around at the end of the episode, yeah, there's a different that tension shot could take the crown I'm, for I'm sexual going, tension. I'm going Joyce and Giles. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's definitely more obvious, but I do think like, you know, a shiny silver medal. Yes to Ethan and Giles not mm-hmm. only for this episode but for their long running yes. rivalry slash yes, friendship slash 20 great years out, they would feel so much totally. better about each other I mean listen in the sexual tension award showdown of season two where we narrowed it down to one per one couple or sorry I'm so sorry a one uh pairing of two or more people because mm-hmm. uh, the thruple did win mm-hmm. uh Giles and Ethan were up in the running in the finals they are incredible together they are... and they have so much tension and you know there's so much more the way Ethan's says ripper right come on the polar opposite of the way that snyder says rip face which is what he calls oh my god when snyder tries to hit on joyce and she just rolls her eyes and gets up so are you two like uh going steady god God. classic joyce and like classic i just feel like this is a very like 
feminist moment for Joyce where she's like, this guy, I'm over it. Goodbye. And I feel like it's very Buffy, you know? It's mm. very, yeah. I like seeing the parallels between young Joyce and Buffy. Yes. It's very Hell good. Hell yes. Oh, yeah. um, so my next note, we learn about L- Laconis. Is that? Larconis. Larconis. Larconis, I'm pretty sure. And um, my note is just, oh my God, babies. Because everyone in the room, I've only seen the episode like three times, but you two have seen it like 400 times. Everybody forgot forgot about babies. I always forget about the babies. <laughs> I remember the babies only because we just watched this episode like a week ago. I still forgot again. I always remember but, about two thirds of the way into the episode. I'm like, oh, right. The baby thing. They just seem so, it's just like, well, who ca- I mean. It's like they needed some reason to give them the chocolate, but I would have personally t- been totally fine if there was no reason. If the, if the, if Trick and the mayor just wanted to see the adults go crazy. And I feel like they were trying to one up Halloween because, I mean, Ethan right. just does that just to do it, you right. know, to serve right. Janus yeah. and his chaos god. <laughs> right. Uh, right. They're like, no, we should probably have a reason this time. What if we had a snake that ate babies? A snake! <laughs> I am not going in order right now, but you said it. And I'm I just... sorry, but... No, it's fine. Can Is we that just... the first computer-generated image ever? Ever made? <laughs> Historically speaking. I was going to yeah. say, not on the show, but yes. So <laughs> in time, I'm it, quite sure. It, it went in the evolution of snakes. It was like the snake from that brick phone. You know, yes. the snake, you know, yeah. oh, snake. Yes. Old yes. Snake. yes, and that yeah. was version one and this was version two of the snake. Yeah, they took this directly from the TV show Reboot. That's how good the graphics were. That's a little Canadian humor wow. for you all. Wow. Mm-hmm. All of the Canadian listeners were like, <laughs> both oh of God. our Canadian listeners. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So Snyder's taking Taekwondo at the Y. Is that why I've written that line? Uh, yeah, he demonstrates some of the Taekwondo. Uh, yes, and then um, uh, but some other people have uh, weapons. Uh, or would you, would you consider? Well, yeah, okay. So first, <laughs> right? Gay uh, can't wait. Ethan like gets a crowbar and sure, is about yeah, to hit sure. Buffy, and then Giles puts a gun on him. Right. And... Right, yeah, Giles has a gun. Giles has a gun because right, he took right. it from the cop. Right. Right. And here's the thing: Giles has the gun in the back of his pants. Buffy puts it in the back Ooh. of her pants, and I always and then it just disappears. Sure, fine, but I'm just like I'm always uncomfortable. Right. I would shoot my butt. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, Who wouldn't? For sure, I would have a shot butt if I did there, that. There are guns so rarely in Buffy that it's always like really jarring. Yeah, yeah, I hate, yeah. It's always I hate so. It. It's Super bad, Weird. but I'm glad it is moved on from very quickly. Yeah, it disappears. And then, my goodness, how are we going to restrain Ethan? How the heck? What are we going to Does do? Does anybody have like a rope or uh, yeah, some like duct tape? Any, anything to restrain uh, Giles, do you have anything? Uh, well, Cider, Valley, do you Joyce have anything? has something, <laughs> doesn't she? What does she have and where is it? Well, she's got a pair of handcuffs that are attached to the back of her pants. <laughs> Joyce. <laughs> 50 Shades of Joyce. What? <laughs> That she pulls out with the the best, like, shit-eating grin. (laughs) And Buffy is just like... Oh, okay. No, yeah. no. If there's any moment in the episode where Buffy just like cannot handle it, it is this. And, and this like, makes sense. Of course. I will tell you what. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know those things. You know, one time. Yeah, I do. Yeah, one time, Kristen's Jenny, parents came to visit us in Brooklyn. This is a true story. Oh my goodness. And there we were just hanging out <laughs> on an afternoon. And Kristen and her dad decided to go pick up sandwiches for lunch. And Kristen's mom and I were talking. And it was then... That uh, she decided would be the perfect time to tell anyone, namely me, the only person in the apartment, that she had just finished reading the entire Fifty Shades of Grey (laughs) trilogy and we had 
a lovely discussion <laughs> about how she really enjoyed them and how my she mom had just... to ask Pete what certain words meant. My mom is very comfortable for so contextual understanding. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being dramatic for effect here. My mom has never read a book. <laughs> Ever. She, the only books the woman has read are the books, like the 365 things you can read, and you the read Bible. one a day. She's read the Bible. She's not read the Bible. <laughs> I, I would. I, okay. No, no, no. Okay. She's never read a book. She read the entire Fifty Shades of Grey series. And I was an older person being like, my mother has never read a book. And so, you know what? It's too much information about my mom on a podcast, but here it is. My Sorry. conversation with my mom about Fifty Shades was basically that my mom and I are, are fairly, we could talk about most things. And she she read them, or at least the first one. And my mom grew up in a Mormon household. And her basically her only commentary was like, this is not very well written, but it is what Mormons think sex is. <laughs> <laughs> what a re- that review should be on the back of the book. Oh, my God. <laughs> she was just like, some of these things are very ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I, I would say so. Wow. So, right. So, um, handcuffs. And, you know, your, your theory about when they had sex is pretty legit, actually, thinking about the fact that she has the handcuffs. I'm saying. They were at Giles' apartment, though, that whole afternoon. That's true. Uh, making a plan. That's true. But, like, they had the handcuffs after the cop car. So That's maybe true. maybe there were multiple times. Maybe I, she yeah. just swapped them from the from the cop car to just in case they would come in handy. Oh, for later? Yeah. Well, my next note, I I think this is where we go next because my next note is, God, there's always monks in a fucking basement. (laughs) Aren't there? With a snake. With a giant snake. There we are again with monks in a basement trying to eat babies. I don't even know how it relates to the patriarchy, but I feel like we should play the damn jingle. The patriarchy! I will say that uh, baby sacrifice mm-hmm. seemed to be equal opportunity in terms of uh, gender binary. <laughs> two pink blankets. Two pink, two blue. Two blue. Yeah, although the color coding is still gross. the patriarchy. So there you have it. Also, the babies are on wheels, which is really convenient. <laughs> like the babies get put in like this, like it's a, it's a Larconis. Larconis, yes. Sorry. Which means, I, sh- I think it means glutton. Isn't yeah, that yeah, what Giles yeah, yeah, yeah. says? He, right, he remembers right. when they're in the hospital. That's right. And it's like Larconis has a special feeding trough that's like four babies wide, you know? It's just like they're partitioned for babies. He's only got to do it every how many years? Oh, like very decades right. or every something? Every like 30 years, they said. And listen, I don't mean to like whatever, but like if your name means glutton and you feed every 30 years and you're a snake of that size and what you eat is four human babies, I think you need to like change your name. or Rebrand. I mean, right? I'm saying. Not much of a glutton considering some other villains that they come across in the sewer right. at different points in the other room. snake had to eat full women. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, kind of a wussy snake. Yeah. Do you think that do you think that there's a snake in every basement? Like, you know, there's alleys everywhere. Is there a snake in every basement in Sunny? Like a giant yeah. snake. Yeah. They all have like a different like lore. It is really, <laughs> really similar to the end of Reptile yeah. Boy. Isn't it? Yeah. Even with the terrible mm. computer graphics. And the, the mayor has like I just feel like we're learning about the mayor and like we've learned the mayor likes hand sanitizing. We're, we learn the mayor likes having little tiny heads in his cabinet. But we also are learning the mayor is really good at business. 
He cares like, about the city too. Yeah. Yeah. He's like on the phone in the fucking sewers and he's like calling for tomorrow's cleanup already yeah, down there. Yeah. I'm concerned about exposed gas pipes. Yeah. Little did he know how much concern he should actually have. Oh my gosh. I will say that after um the uh handcuff note that I took, uh, <laughs> there are only two more lines in my note file. <laughs> you don't wow. you just decompose. I was just that. like, oh, the snake's here. Who cares? Right. But <laughs> the only other two lines are Mr. Trick again with that good suit yes. and then the last one is just Giles and Joyce full <laughs> <laughs> and that's it because everything most most everything of import has happened has, has already point, happened except for, for the last 30 seconds or right so. right right yeah I, I I gave a shout out in my notes to Buffy's um pipe move I felt it was brave of her to just grab a pipe and assume that gas would be coming out of it and to light it on fire. Doesn't right. she actually like, I feel like she protects her hands when she does it or like wraps yeah, something around them, you know, cause you, otherwise you would just burn she's your quick hands. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's quick thinking. And I also love the trick line when he's like, you and me girl, like, you yeah. know, and then she says the thing about the, like, they can't ever just leave. They always got to say <laughs> yes. something, yeah. which is hilarious coming from her who always has yeah. to say something. Quip master. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah, right. Quip pro quo, Buffy. Wow. Oh, wow. 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 I'll take my medal anytime. Yes. <laughs> so, right. So, we've defeated Larconis. Mm-hmm. The adults are sadly going back to normal. I really wish that this became a theme and that we got like one episode every season where the adults turned into teenagers. Agreed. You know? Wow. Yeah, that would be pretty great. Be great. With all of the new characters that get added yes. and leave. Yeah, it'd be very good. Just like, you know, Buffy gets a birthday and the adults get teenage day. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we learn about Kate's favorite plot point in the entire <laughs> series, <laughs> we get Snyder, who is telling them that they have to clean up graffiti off of the oh, yes. lockers. And of course, you know, one of the adult teenagers has spray painted kiss rocks on the lockers and this is a very it's just a very sweet endearing moment where willow is like why would anybody want to yeah you know willow willow it's we... very good i we... liked that joke a lot the right? first time i saw it it's just good uh so anyhow then we get to your favorite moment kate mm. and here we are at the end does it does it get is there any could you get any hornier than this episode <laughs> you know i I don't know if I could. I'm trying to, like, scan my mind. There's definitely lots of other hot parts of the show. Mm -hmm. There's other sexy things that happen over Mm -hmm. the course Mm -hmm. of Buffy. But this admission, this episode, Giles and Joyce, I mean, I I knew it was good when I watched it the first time, but I was, like, too young to Mm -hmm. really understand or, like, you know. Like, my mom was into Giles. Like, I was like, oh, he's cool. I don't really get this. But now, as a 29-year-old, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm down. This is good. But yes, the episode ends with Buffy walking out. They're all discussing, boy, what a night. What a crazy, <laughs> what a crazy, what a crazy night. Walks out towards the the dinged car, yes. which Joyce says uh, must have happened. Like, Buffy assures me happened while fighting evil. Right. They're all doing the Xander thing where they're like, we don't remember what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she's like, at least I got to you, boy. <laughs> See, I can't even talk about it. At least I got to you both before anything happened. And then Giles and Joyce do this like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, of totally. Because they boned. Because they boned. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Wow. And it's so strange because, like, it doesn't really 
I come up much mm-hmm. again, kind of. I don't, I mean, you're, you'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. But yeah. it's pretty wild. Like, it's pretty wild that that happens. Those are basically Buffy's parents. Right? Yeah. And parents, if we know anything about parents. It's that they never have sex. Never. No, it's against the law. No. It's a crime. Only to have the baby and then never again. I actually wrote at one point, <laughs> one of my notes is, this is a crime. I am a criminal. <laughs> because of my reactions to something that was happening uh, in the episode. Great. Great. Kate. Uh, Kate, I mean, having you on this episode... We've been waiting for so long for this to happen. I hope that it was worth the wait. Oh, it was worth it. It was Most well definitely. worth it. Thank you for being here with us, for sharing your passion for band candy. Thank with you us all. so much for allowing me. <laughs> I await my third dousing of the oh evening. Oh my god. <laughs> well, before before we get before we get there, we should probably wrap up but keep you here with us so that we can all howl together because I, I really think you need a howl out, Kate. Oh, if anybody <laughs> needs it, it's Kate. Oh. Can you please tell the good people at home where they can find you uh, on the internet or in the real world or wherever you might be doing so? Not very much left in the real world. I'm done con season. So, so happy to be done con season. <laughs> um, you can find me on the internet in all kinds of places, uh, mostly on Twitter, at Kate Leff, on this podcast very frequently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recently, for my birthday, purchased myself the domain name Bisexual.Zone, which leads what? you... <laughs> my God. Which leads you to my Patreon, oh where you can uh, wow. subscribe to my comics. I am so proud of what myself. What a purchase. $30. Bisexual dot zone. I own it. It Incredible. is mine. Incredible. I have to redo all of my business cards to include it. I am so, it. how am I supposed to talk about my website after this shit? <laughs> I don't know. But you can find it. pretty much everything there and at pretty much everything at kateleth.com. Yeah, Great. That's me. Great. Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching Buffy, I'm writing songs and recording songs and sometimes performing songs. You can see me do just that at Swedish American Hall this Saturday, October 21st in San Francisco. You can also learn more about me at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. And you can give me a shout on Twitter at JennyOwenYoungs. I'm Kristen Russo, and when I'm not talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I am working to help LGBTQ humans and their families and loved ones. You can find out more about my work over on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram at that same name, Kristen Noline. And on that farm, she had an Oline. <laughs> N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. And you can always drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. It's true. It's true. Also, you can support us. You can rate and review us over on iTunes. It helps people find us, and we love you for doing it. You can also support us on our Patreon page. You can find that on BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com by clicking on Patreon. Reminder that we do have just a handful left of lyric sheets for the month of October. So if you go on over there and click on a lyric sheet, buy one for yourself, buy one for a gift for somebody else, we will handwrite those lyrics for you and all of the proceeds this month. Go to the NW Network in Seattle and Hispanic Federation Helping on the Ground in Puerto Rico. And you know, it's October and depending on where you live, you might be experiencing a chill in the air. We have a prescription that we'd like you to get filled at your local BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. It is for 
Awoo knit hats, awoo baseball tees, smash the demon lizard patriarchy hoodies, and a whole bunch of other business. Yes, can- it's also Halloween's right around the corner, so if you want to dress up as a buffering the vampire slayer fan, <laughs> we have everything you need for that costume. We really do. <laughs> Thank you again to the amazing Kate Leth for joining us this evening. Until next time. Uh, I fight demons and monsters, but this one scared me right out of my wits. Evil haunted ass chocolate made my mom and my watcher kiss. And I'm very upset. I may never recover. Oh god. Here come Principal Snyder. Even worse when he's 17. Though we didn't invite him, he's hopping into the geek machine. Ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam candy. Ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam candy, yeah. Okay, Buffy, focus, focus, focus. You've got a lot of therapy in your future, but that's not the issue right now. You've got to defeat some evil. Ethan is back in town. Chaos is raining down. And I think Giles is wearing eyeliner. Help! Demon snake in the basement. Eating babies like Coco Puffs. Jesus Christ, oh my God, Mom. Why the hell did you have handcuffs? Ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam candy. Ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam candy. Ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam candy. Ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam, ba bam ba bam candy. Yeah. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H Y P E R T H E T I C A L.